Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, good to have you with us right here on this Motown Monday, baby. But it is a special edition of this radio program. We're live at Commander's Headquarters awaiting the Dan Quinn introductory press conference coming up at 2.30. So we said, you know, who could we talk to to get invaluable insight on the new Commander's head coach? Well, thought of the man who hired him in Atlanta and worked side-by-side with him for five-plus years uh, in um, in Atlanta, the former Falcons general manager and also currently an executive with Sumer Sports, who put out, as we've mentioned a couple of times, an excellent, excellent uh, downloadable Super Bowl guide and provides analytics information uh, to teams and whatnot. Uh, it's really great, uh, and the guide is excellent, and again, it's available for download right now. Uh, we're joined by Thomas Dimitrov right here on the BetQL guest hotline. Thomas, it's uh, Chris Russell here. Nice to talk to you. Thanks so much for doing this. Chris, I'm excited. Let's let's talk Dan Quinn. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know him best, certainly better than any of us around here. I'm a big Dan Quinn guy. I've always been a big Dan Quinn guy. I was a big fan of what you guys were trying to build there in Atlanta. I assume it sounds like you're still a big Dan Quinn guy. I definitely am. I you know I remember those pictures he used to show me all rocked up at Salisbury State. <laughs> so uh, I know that he's happy to be back in the hood, so to speak. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, this is, and I think his wife, uh, if memory serves me correct, uh, is from Maryland as well. Um, so this is a little bit of a homecoming uh, for him. Of course, we're all spread out all over the place here, as you as you're well aware. I'm sure that you know with the stadium being in Maryland, and uh, of course the team's headquarters here in Northern Virginia, uh, out near Dulles, and then who knows where the new stadium uh, is going to be. Um, what was it about Dan that attracted you the most? And, and would you say, going back to when you hired him, that you drove the train? Uh, or was it a mutual thing, you and Arthur and uh, whoever else was involved in it? Uh, like, did you have to stand on the table for Dan? How did that work uh, based on your memory? Well, if you guys remember Dan coming out that year, I mean, he was a hot commodity, mm-hmm. man. He was all over. There were a lot of teams that were, were interested in him. Sure. And Dan being the person he was, I mean, combination of many, many attributes that are very, very attractive as far as a head coach, right? So he comes in. He's got a great deal of experience around college, pro, really good football men through his development. You know, he comes from Seattle, of course, most recently to us in Atlanta then. 
coming from Pete Carroll, understanding about winning and what about winning championships, understanding about high morale. I mean, Dan is a very authentic man. What, that's what you will realize very quickly, and 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 incredibly high energy in a good way, not in a not in a flippant way. Like he's mm-hmm. doing it because he believes in it. Dan is a positive dude, 100%. What Dan did along the way is he grew he, he grew more and more and was part, about growing not only him during that time as a head coach, but the assistant coaches that he was around, the interaction between him as a, as a head coach and me as a general manager was vital for our growth in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, and Dan, by the way, um, you may or may not know this, he is a huge player personnel evaluation guy for a head coach. You don't often get that much passion uh, for, for that side of the game. Mm-hmm. And Dan has always been that way. He's always treated his scouting brethren, you know, at the teams that he was at as a coordinator and as a coach really, really well. They always got along. He spent a lot of time honing his skills. And I'm a big believer in that. That helps you become that much better as a developmental head coach. Dan believes in developing. You'll never have Dan as a head coach at your team there saying, we just want to bring in a whole bunch of old guys and and not try to develop. That is a key point of Dan's, you know, some of Dan's, uh, you know, strong points that, that really brought us really honed in on him. Mike Smith was a fantastic coach. If you remember Smitty, mm-hmm. Smitty won coach a year, three years sure. in a row, or three years out of five, really mm-hmm. good football coach. Dan was the perfect next wave for us in Atlanta because of everything that I just talked to you about. Thomas Dimitrov joining us, former Falcons general manager, worked side-by-side with Dan Quinn for five-plus years, hired Dan Quinn. Uh, they got to the Super Bowl, of course, seven years ago today, as we mentioned in our number one. Uh, and, and and now with Sumer Sports, and again, uh, me, please make sure you check out, uh, go to um, sumersports.com uh, for their excellent um, Super Bowl downloadable guide. It's really, really, really good. Uh, and uh, it helped me during the uh, conference championships when they put that out as well so make sure you get uh supersports.com that's s-u-m-e-r supersports.com it's right there in the home banner um so i i want to double down on what you just said because it's fascinating you know like here adam peters obviously is going to be in charge and dan is the head coach and we just came off of a spell where you had ron rivera trying to do and battle you know or 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 handle both and and all that stuff when a head coach gets involved in personnel, usually it doesn't end up right. But you're saying, actually, it was a bonus. It was a plus to you because of the way, A, Dan is as a person, B, how good he was at it, and that he wasn't, he was, am I, and I don't want to speak you know, for you, but he was open yeah. to you saying, ah, you know what, I don't see it that way. Maybe we can consider this, or maybe we can meet halfway in between. Is that, is that basically what the relationship in terms of personnel evaluation, draft free agency, roster management, all of that was with Dan? Well, here's, this is really important for you to know, because I get what you're saying. Look, I've been around situations in my younger years where mm-hmm. we're a head coach, and a, and a GM were at loggerheads on virtually everything. It got really, really bad. One of the, one of the places that really uh, educated me when I was younger was when I watched the San Diego Chargers do it. I think they're a great organization. I love the Spanoses, but they brought in a guy named Marty Schottenheimer, who you know mm-hmm. well, and then they brought in AJ AJ Smith. Kyle I know AJ bad. Smith very well, Thomas. I know very, yeah. AJ Smith very well. <laughs> yes. Well, those two guys, as you yeah. know, AJ yes. and, and I know Marty has passed on, but. Yep. Those two were hardcore, tough-ass football men. Yes, they and were. And they were always at loggerheads. And I thought, if I were to ever get into a situation in the NFL as a, as a GM, I would make sure that my 
head coach was very understanding of my role as a mm-hmm. general manager and their role as coach. That said, you can't have, in my mind, a head coach that really doesn't care about personnel. All they want to do, again, as I alluded to earlier, is bring in free agents because it's easy for them. Dan Quinn, it, it was a passion of his, and a good passion, meaning he would interact with people, treat the scouting staff very, very well. Mm-hmm. That meant that the scouting staff was that more interested in providing for him and me. Remember, that this is the key now. When, when I was with Mike Smith, so I was final 53. You probably hear that, right? When you have mm-hmm. 53 as a GM or as a head coach, it means in the very, very end, you have the final say. If there's two linebackers there and you have the 50, you know, the last pick of the draft or the second pick, that ultimately whoever has 53 decides on that acquisition, right? I, it was an interesting situation for us in Atlanta when Dan came in. We gave him 53 as a recruiting deal, right? So mm. there were all these other teams that were interested in him. Mm-hmm. We gave him 53. It wasn't what he wanted. He and I had a great relationship before uh, leading into that acquisition. He pulled me aside. He said, TD, I'm, I'm not interested in having 53. That's your role. Arthur Blank and his agent pushed for him to get 53. We give him 53. Here's the key to it all. He comes in knowing that he has 53, and quite honestly, even though I had been there seven years before, that he could have final say and, and knock around his power, he didn't. We worked so well together on everything. We literally wow. we debated but that is a perfect point of what Dan was about. And as it came to the end of our time together, the last thing I'll say, Dan would come to me and he even said to myself and Arthur Blank, look, I, I just want to coach these football players the best I can. I don't want to be worried about all these other things that came with being the final football say person. And it, it's, to me, that's, that speaks volumes about what Dan is and was during that time. I think uh, we can talk about Adam, too, if you want because I have a good yes, understanding sure. of Adam. He worked with us at New England. Those two guys, I think, are going to have a really a great opportunity, given their personalities, to work really well together. Right, and, and I was going to – yeah, I was going to get to Adam Peters, obviously, because you worked with him in New England, like you said. Uh, and, and here, I mean, you know, Dan, I don't think, as far as anything I've heard, you know, again, doesn't have that same situation that he had when, again, getting the Falcons job. And that I think I think that's music to the ears of the fans around here uh, because of how poorly things went the last four years uh, once mm-hmm. Kyle Smith Smith was let go from the organization and ironically wound up uh, down in Atlanta with Ron Rivera and so on and so forth. But anyway, that's a, a different story. Mm-hmm. So, so you're saying, I, I guess basically, even when Dan got control, that he was so, uh, I want to say selfless, that he said, no, 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 you know what, Thomas, you, you've worked here, you've been here, I want to work with you as opposed to I'm the, I'm the final guy. Uh, so, th- so that's what we, I mean, that's all the things that I've heard, um, of Dan, that he works with everybody and he leads and he galvanizes everybody. So that's what it was like pretty much in every way. You would say in the five plus years you guys worked together in the building, like there was, you know, like you would have discussions and maybe some arguments, but there was never any like, this is my show, damn it. And you're going to do what I say. You know, it's really interesting because this is not fabrication at all. In those years that we were together, we never got in a sort of like throwdown argument about players. We had similar views of players because we both believe at the core it's about it's a matchup league and it's about athleticism and movement and body control. Not saying that that doesn't mean tough and go to the go to the you know toe to toe. Far from that. It means you have to be able to move around. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to 
to mirror if you're a, a corner. You have to be able to mirror if you're mm-hmm. a, you know, if you're an offensive lineman or a D lineman. Point is, Dan and I spent a lot of time in that world, and we understood each other that way. But you can take it from that to the other departments that I was responsible for. And quite honestly, in my contract, just so you know, I was responsible for final acquisitions of draft and 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 free agency. Mm-hmm. What I keep coming back to, though, if in the very end we were at a, at a stopping point about a player, it had to go to someone and not to Arthur Blank. It ended up going to Dan, and we never, we never were at bashing heads during that point. Mm. It's a very important thing because I think now your fan base can see he comes in, he's going to be really interested about dealing with personnel with Adam, but in the end we know Adam has final football say, mm-hmm. and Dan is going to say in the end, thank you, here's my opinion, here's my coaching staff's opinion. We're going we're gonna to spend a lot of time understanding our schemes together so that we're going to provide you with the best input output that you need, Adam, to make that final. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thomas Dimitrov with us. Again, excellent insight and uh, just wonderful stuff that a lot of us did not know about. Uh, Again, uh, former Falcon general manager, now a executive with Sumer Sports. Go check out sumersports.com for their uh, free downloadable Super Bowl guide. It's excellent. Uh, and, um, Thomas, I, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, there's a lot of thought, and I'm a defense first guy. I, I, I love offense, but I'm still, I, I you know, I, I was raised on Eastern Long Island and, you know, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and the Giants and defense and defense and defense. Um, there's a lot of thought that you can't hire or you shouldn't hire defensive coaches, yet we've seen a little bit of a reverse of that trend in this hiring cycle. Do you think that's a reaction to anything specifically, or do you think that's just the way it is? And what are your general thoughts as a former general manager who did this and did it successfully about hiring defensive first head coaches? Look, I, I go round and round about this because both of my head coaches, Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, were defensive guys. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the end, for me, as much as I like the idea of an offensive-minded person taking over the organization as the head coach and their insights and their help on, on young quarterbacks, you guys are going to be in a great spot to pick, a, to pick a really good quarterback as well. I, I can speak to my old team, Atlanta, as well as some of these other teams out there. Here's what I would say. I would never, as a general manager, make a decision to go after an offensive-minded head coach in lieu of true leadership of men elements, right? So you can be 
like these two guys, like Dan Quinn is. Dan is going to circulate, you know, he's going to circulate, or uh, excuse me, he's going he's gonna to have the right people around him. He's going to get a guy like he just did, I believe, as the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. who I, I think a great deal, you know, not only that, that he, I think, is a really good offensive mind, but the fact that he did his coaching of Caleb Williams and someone like that at USC, right? So what I'm saying is, if you had an offensive-minded head coach, former coordinator comes in as a head coach, and he's going to lock himself in his room, and he's going to game plan for two days a week without anyone around him, that's not a good place to be. I would take the defensive head coach with morale and leadership, Who and Dan Quinn, by the way, doesn't just lead the defense. He's got a real grasp of the offense, and, and those guys follow him as well. I would take that person any day over sort of a, a half baked leader as an offensive coordinator Uh, that's again uh right with you there feel that totally um so before we run you know of course out of time we really appreciate uh you joining us um you know the the galvanization of a building right the the waking people up and getting them to play and want to run through a wall but not treating them like garbage which some coaches, some regimes, what have you, unfortunately have been known to do. How important is straddling that line between positive motivation and where you, you wind up, I guess, getting players and therefore agents and, and maybe a story out there in the national headlines that you're doing it a, a way that isn't player-friendly and player-conducive? Well, look, I had an opportunity with Dan in Atlanta. How many times agents... And more importantly, players came into my office and they said, Thomas, I have never been around a head coach that I want to play for more. And or even if you guys cut me or even if you guys are going to take money, uh, you know, make me take a haircut in my pay. I want to come back here and play for Dan. Now, understand, that's not just because Dan is stroking them. Dan will he will push them. And he's a tough dude who will, in, a, in, a, in the right way, look you in the eye. And, and I, there's such a great combination of Dan's personality that I think as you all get the chance to know him, you realize that strong jaw of his, I'm not, and I say that literally and figuratively speaking, just like you used to see with Bill Cower, Like You just saw that, that he was behind the guys. He wanted the best for them. However, I would also say, just so everyone puts their mind at ease, he's not coming in there and just whitewashing everything and, and patting people on the back along the way. He is calling them out, and they are become more and more accountable as he moves on. And what, what is really, really important to understand is Dan does that, and he'll, he continues to learn over those times of even pressing and holding his players accountable, but also his coaches. That's not easy. Sometimes head coaches come in, and all they're worried about is making sure that their staff is behind them. Yes, you have to have your loyal myrmidons, so to speak. I love that word. But but Dan Dan does not Dan Dan has made a lot of moves with coordinators too. He doesn't just hang with the guys because they're guys that have been loyal to him. If they're not doing the job, he has never been afraid to make those moves. If you look back on some of the moves in Atlanta, sure, I, I absolutely I think I know which moves you're referring to. And speaking of which, you know, a lot of people said. After Kyle Shanahan left, and I, I worked side by side with Kyle, uh, here with, well, then with the Redskins, you know, in the building, mm-hmm. uh, and, yep. and, and Mike, and, you know, I know all those guys, right? Uh, I love them. I respect them. But people say, well, the Falcons were never the same after Kyle left. He, here's how I answered it, but I want you to answer it. You guys were 10 and six, won a road playoff game and should have won in Philadelphia on the road, if not for an injury or something happened in that game. And I think it was like a 15-10 loss the year after. So that's not a swipe at Kyle. That's a swipe at, 
the reputation that, oh, all of a sudden the Falcons couldn't win without Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. How do you answer that? And maybe where did it go wrong ultimately in your eyes? Look, I mean, that is a great point. I'm glad you're well, well versed in it. I don't want to say shoulda, coulda, woulda, but we got into Philly that season. Rarely do you come off of a bad, bad loss like mm-hmm. we had in the Super Bowl, and then we get too deep in the playoffs. And, yeah, if we wouldn't have potentially, and this isn't throwing a dart at, at our coordinator at that point, you know, we go to a well too many times with, with Julio. We don't win the game. The whole Minnesota thing, yeah, it might have been a, a, a strong run. You never know on the way back. Dan did a hell of a job bringing this team back to that. That is not an easy feat. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that 17, unfortunately for us, you know, 18 and, uh, you know, we did what we did. And, of course, Dan still led that team really, really well. And quite honestly, Kyle, yeah, Kyle did really good things for us. And, and by the way, if there's one, there's probably one or two coaches in the league that I would knock on the door. If I ever came back to be a GM to try to trade for a coach, it would be Kyle. So I have a great deal of respect for him. Um, and that's rare, right? Football people right. normally don't think about trading away draft picks to get a guy. So I agree with you. Kyle's very talented. But when he left, Dan kept winning there up to a point, and then obviously we had some we had some tough downfalls and egregious losses down the end. Yeah, yeah. And it gets tough, obviously, when you know when you have to start paying the quarterback. And then when Julio got his bag and he wasn't, you know, healthy, if I remember correctly. And I mean there was a bunch of other things that happened, you know that. Um and it's hard to manage the salary cap and keep everybody's ego in check and all that stuff. Uh and I know things didn't go the way you guys wanted to, but it's not like you guys bottomed out were like three and thirteen. You were seven and nine, seven and nine the last two right. years after um that playoff run following again the Super Bowl uh, loss. Thomas Dimitrov is with us. Um, Thomas, just before I let you go, uh, you kind of alluded to it. Um, you know, Kingsbury, uh, I, I think you, uh, it sounded like you sort of liked uh, the deal. I know you had Joe Witt Jr. for, I believe, one year uh, in Atlanta. What do you think ultimately big picture of the first two hires, if you will, of the Dan Quinn era? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm a real fan of both of them, and I think Dan is going to be very mindful of what he does at that coordinator spot. And he's going to give them what he thinks they can handle, of course. But he's also going to be smart about where where he does um, take what he needs to take. Meaning, like with Joe, Joe's a really good football mind. I think that's really good. You know, remember, when we lost that Super Bowl, I don't know if many people know this. I mean, a lot of people want to say, well, your head coach is ultimately the person in charge. And that's the person who needs to take the blame. When that happened, you know, we had we had demoted. our our D coordinator at the time, Richard Smith. So Dan was calling the defense in that Super Bowl, which really wasn't that public. Mm -hmm. And he, he was, there was a lot on his plate during that time. That's not an excuse for a guy that I have a great deal of respect for, but as a GM, you know, you would think like, wow, what happened there? He was, he was relying on, on, on uh, Kyle to do his stuff. And he was calling the defensive plays down the stretch in that Mm -hmm. game. It was, it's another time, another place conversation. Right. All I'm saying is, Dan never outed anyone on that. Dan was doing what he needed to do, what he thought he needed to do. And here's what I will say. When you get a head coach who gets a second opportunity, there are certain guys that get second opportunities who you kind of question whether they really got it and whether they're going to come to the table with changes. And you and I don't want to mention names, but there's some good coaches that mm-hmm. never came back in the second. Dan is so aware and mindful, and he's been working on this for years to learn along the way and say what he would do. We spent a lot of time talking about what we would do differently. To me, that's a really impressive man who doesn't just let his ego get in the way and say, I'll do it the way that I did it last time. He's about learning, and I think he's going to come back with some really, really 
interesting and good elements of, of adjustment. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, and, and I lied. One last one for you because I, I, I need to tap into your, your a tremendous wealth of information here and experience. You said, you know, obviously you and Adam Peters worked together when he was a young scout uh, in New England. And, and I know things were a different culture, different world. Uh, it, you know, you guys were winning Super Bowls, so on and so forth. Could you see early on that he was special or was he just like any other, you know, scout that you had been around? Like, what did you know about Adam Peters early on? Well, look, Adam, yeah, I mean, Adam was one of those guys who was really diligent in what he did. He was not, he wasn't a guy that was like twisting around trying to climb his way through, you know, up the ladder. He knew it was going to take time. I always thought that he had an element of awareness about him. He's a California guy who, to me, had, had a really impressive drive about him. And he was a guy that listened, you know, he was around uh, humbly myself. He was around Scott Pioli, who was our, you know, our assistant, our, our GM, basically, then for Bill. He was around. He was around some really good people there. He leaves there after having, you know, you could tell he had a really good eye. He played at UCLA, right? He understood football. He goes and works for Elway and Co. at the Broncos and around mm-hmm. a guy that I think a great deal of with Matt Russell, who was the assistant GM. Sure. Moves from there over to, to – to the to the 49ers and is around some really good football play, people as we mentioned earlier on on Kyle and John Lynch. He's not one of those guys who just got this job because he was a young guy, part of a program. That's what's great about it. I have a great deal of respect for that, similar to what I did. I got the job in my early 40s, but it was after a lot of work to get up there. I, I really respect that in him. I think he's going to have a really good understanding and a very good understanding of how he's going to move with Dan through all of this. And I think that's that's because he's been around those paradigms. You can say what you want to say about Bill, and I wish we had time to talk about Bill, by the way. It's, I know. it's unfathomable that he doesn't have a head coaching job this year. Don't get me started on that. But, but again, Adam Peters has reaped the benefits from a, a, being around a lot of great football men combined with his own understanding of football. I think it's, I think it's going to be a really good match between he and Dan. I wish we could also talk Super Bowl 58, and I agree with you on Belichick and everything. Uh, man, we, we I, if you don't mind, I'd love to have you back on, you know, at some point when we have a little more time to talk football, because I, I can, I can tell the juices are still flowing, uh, in, in every part of you, and you're awesome, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you making time for us and great information and insight. I really appreciate it. Chris, we'll do it again. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That's the great Thomas Dimitrov, former Falcons general manager. Make sure, again, you check out Sumer Sports at Sumer Sports on Twitter slash X, SumerSports.com for their free downloadable Super Bowl guide, and they'll get you set up. Thomas Dimitrov with just unbelievable insight uh, into Dan Quinn, Adam Peters, and much more. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.